Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. First down, another fake. Come with Jamison Williams, a speedster. Has a block. Williams cuts up. 25-20. Still on his feet. Jamison Williams scores! Elijah Mitchell in for the first time tonight. Guess what? He's going to get it. Mitchell surging forward. Touchdown. And there it is. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. That's away from Chennault, who's trying to get after him for a second time. But the ball is thrown to the end zone. And it's caught. Flowers with the touchdown. Second and goal. It's back to Pacheco. Pacheco drives across with the Chiefs touchdown. He's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years and a chance to become the first team since New England of 2003 and four to go back to back. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, I was looking forward. I was thinking about Vegas, man. I was thinking about Vegas for the last few months. But, I mean, that's just what you do, right? Yeah. You think about right. how you could be there at the end, what you're going to do, who you're going to hang with, all that. You could still go. <laughs> I know. Just, just I have friends that are going. Yeah. And they're like, you know, hey, I'm still going. I'm gonna come out. Yeah. I know. No, I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. I mean, there will be a lot of media there. There will be other markets there. I won't be there, but it would have been nice to be there, of course. It will be the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, a rematch of a Super Bowl just a few years ago. And that on the call, bringing you those calls there from television, Fox Sports' Kevin Burkhart and, of course, Jim Nance from CBS, Chiefs, 49ers. All right, Joe, two things that I think kind of signal that I'm getting old here, all right, Hmm. that I want to run by. You tell me. Am I overthinking it or whatever? But I need your help here, all right? Okay. So I, as I'm getting older, I think I'm also getting softer in some ways. First of all, one that is completely not related to anything with sports because I have to get this out of the way. And I feel bad asking. I'm embarrassed to ask this because you're going to be like, are you kidding me? You don't know this? Uh-oh. What? Joe, what? what is I, – yeah, I don't know. What is this meme with this girl that I keep seeing on my social oh. media that she's like – Sydney Sweeney. The blonde girl with all the spices or – yeah. Who is that? What is going on here? Sydney Sweeney. Why do I see this girl on like every five minutes on a meme? She's uh she's an actress that was on uh the Hot Ones uh, wing show that uh that you see pop up once in a while. That, that's a very memeable show, by the way. It's where celebrities try like 
you know, one wing after another, and they progressively get hotter until you get to, like, the hottest wing ever made. So, like, there's a there's a Shaq meme from that show. I think there's a Gordon Ramsay meme from that okay. show. So, Sydney Sweeney, who is an actress that's in a lot of a lot of stuff recently. That's that she was in Euphoria, which is a show um, on HBO. She's on a lot of movies now. White Lotus, another HBO show. She was on that show. Why? Why has this become the meme? Like, why? Why has this become such a popular meme with her? I I don't like, know. I don't know. I, like, where'd this come from? I don't. It's a good question. I don't know why that. You know, screen grab in particular was chosen. Um, I mean, meme generating, like how memes get started or why they catch fire is something that's even a little bit foreign to me. Like, I just kind of roll with it. But, like, Mm -hmm. why did we all for, like, three weeks a couple months ago decide we were just going to pull from the archives this Kevin James photo with his hands in his pockets from, like, the King of Queens in 2001? (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know why that oh, started. No. I participated and I rolled with it once it started, but I don't. Yeah, but how some of this stuff starts, I I don't I don't know why that was chosen. So I hope that helps. Am I am I am I showing like should I have known that? No, Sydney I mean Sweeney's like I, I I kept seeing her pop up. Everybody's using it. So literally last night, not kidding you, literally last night I had to turn to Yana and say, okay, do you know who this girl is? I don't know who this girl is. And I'm wondering, and we were doing like image Google image search. We could not figure out. I'm like, there's got to be a show here. There's got to be something. There's all uh-huh. these spices and sauces or whatever. I can't figure it out. So we were literally trying to upload the image into a Google reverse search so that I didn't sound like an idiot. And then I'm like, I finally have to just break down and ask. No, yeah, I, I think, uh, no, I, I don't think you're in the wrong for not knowing like where it started because I think she's... She's like an up-and-coming actress right now. She's not like you okay. know someone you would have seen in movies like five years ago. So unless you've seen things recently that she was in, I think you could have very easily not known who this was. And if you don't watch Hot Ones, you know, like on a consistent basis, you might not know off the top of your head like what that's from. So no, I don't think this is not like a one where I want to bury you because you're old guy because okay. you didn't know this one. All right, I'm reading her Wikipedia page right now. Best known for her roles in HBO drama series Euphoria. Yeah. And yep. the first season of the anthology series, The White Lotus, as you said, Super good which show, earned yeah. her nominations for yes. Primetime Emmy Awards. Okay. All right. Sydney Sweetie. Thank you. I, I had no idea. Yeah, it just became a thing. Not, not a, I don't think this is a bad one at all. Again, it's not uh Okay. It's not like I that show too though, I will I would just if you see like black background sitting at a table, if you see the wings, that's obvious too. Like that's a show that is very memeable. Like you're gonna see more from okay. that show in the future, just because, you know, people eating wings that like you know you're like you, you have to sign a waiver to eat. Uh, you know, it's very naturally gonna cause I think some wow. uh, facial expressions. Are we supposed to be watching that show here in Buffalo a little bit more than other places? Um, I don't know. I bet you because of the wings. I bet you their viewership's probably higher here than other places. I don't know that, but I'm gonna guess hmm. that that's true. Yeah, it's a wing-based show. Do they show, go to different sense. cities to do it? How does this work? I think they probably just do it in one studio. I don't know that for okay. sure, but I think they probably. But just that would be—that's what you got to do. You got to go to different cities and have different kinds of wings and different hey, if, sauces. If and... they ever want to do a, like a here, here's an idea for hot ones. We should we should get on the phone with them. If they ever want to do a live, uh, like a live incarnation of that show, I mean this this is the uh, this is the place to do it. A live hot ones. Maybe if they ever get Josh mm-hmm. Allen as a guest, you do it live in Buffalo. <laughs> Oh, didn't he do that other thing where he what? Did, what did Josh do with that wing? It was like a I don't know. It was something oh, the weird. Buffalo like Pepsi. He dipped it. 
Yes, Buffalo yes, Pepsi. yes. That was that was the whole thing there. So, yeah, wing wing shows and things like that. Okay, Sydney Sweeney. I will know that now. I will let my wife know when she comes right. home. Joe helped me. We figured it out. I wanted to throw it out there to the Twitterverse, and I would have got a lot of responses letting me know. But I figured I'd just ask you because you would know. So safe thank you space. for that. Safe right. space. Yeah. Now, what is it? Safe. I just said this is a safe space. Safe space. Yeah, Twitter safe space for you and so I to talk yeah. about that. Uh, Extra Point Show, Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Good Monday morning to you. Kansas City against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Some Bills coaching news we're going to talk about today, including Eric Washington leaving to be the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And we'll do that with Chris Emma, our guy out in Chicago. And also, Joe, really good time to kind of just think about the offseason and the draft and things like that. And the Bears hold the number one pick. They also have Justin Fields, right? So uh, we'll ask about Chris, the kind of season Tremaine Edmonds had and what Eric Washington's role will be, but exactly what the plan might be at the top of the draft, which will obviously impact the rest of the draft. We'll do that at 11.05 a.m. In the meantime, I'm thinking about these games this weekend. I'm thinking about the playoffs. And the other thing that I think makes me sound old, and I think maybe getting softer as I get older, I'm just kind of over and tired, Joe, of having to play the blame game every time someone loses or having to play the can't win the whatever every time Mm. someone loses quarterbacks coaches doesn't matter like I mean for the last three weeks it's been all about well Allen can't beat Mahomes Lamar now can't win the big one Sean McDermott Dan Campbell last night what yeah I know he gets blamed I get it and I'm talking micro and macro Joe by the way yes I understand Dan Campbell made some really curious decisions I hated the third down call I I just think that instead of living in the space where it's always got to be someone's fault or someone can't do something, I've been choosing to look the other uh, the other side and say, "Holy cow, like the Niners are really good." And man, mm-hmm. these Chiefs are amazing, right? I I think it discredits what the other team does. It is sports. Only one team can win all the time. And this really got me maybe because of the whole Josh Allen one, right? Where I, went, I told you the story about ESPN Radio last week, right? How I went on ESPN Radio and I got into it with the host. Did I tell you that story? Yes. Yes, you did. Yep. Okay. And and that happened, right? So go on ESPN Radio. They basically just start interceptions, interceptions, Josh Allen, and he can't win. And, and it just it got me upset. And I'm like, this is not true. And then the whole thing with Lamar. I don't think Lamar played a great game. But it doesn't mean that he's not. I mean, I still think he's going to win the MVP and he's deserving of the MVP. It shouldn't be about Lamar not winning and beating Patrick Mahomes. It shouldn't be about Josh Allen not winning and beating Patrick Mahomes. To me, it should look at the other way. Am I going too soft thinking that we're doing this way too much? No, I think it's natural, you know, that sports and sports debate is going to have that happen. Um, the the Niners, you know, I think because the the Lions and Campbell, it's strategic stuff that, that, that will often get more talked about because – it's like a conscious decision that like one person makes that that will be talked about more. The Chiefs, it, it, like that's not to take credit away from the Niners either. The Niners in the second half were unstoppable, and I do want to give them credit, and I want to give Purdy credit. I am not a Brock Purdy guy, and I even said this mm-hmm. morning that I think very easily the Niners made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and realized in that game that there, there are plays that guy can't make and they would have won the Super Bowl if he could make them, and then they decided we need to go get a quarterback that can do everything. They missed, but I think it's very possible that they could end up in the same spot with Brock Purdy, but nonetheless, that like, that's how I think of Purdy, 
and I would want to give him credit for balling in the second half of that game yesterday. He yeah. made throws. He ran the ball. He did have to get lucky that one ball hit a dude in the face that you know went in, into his receiver's hands, so he did get lucky along the way too. But I want to give Purdy credit for yesterday. I want to give the Niners offense credit for, you know, the, the Lions aren't a great defense, but Shanahan and those skill position players, they built an offense that can look like that. And for the Chiefs, I, I don't know. I think the Chiefs could have very easily lost that game. They punt. They didn't score a touchdown after their second drive of the game. Like, the Ravens had nine drives after the Chiefs scored their last touchdown. I, I really wanted them to do it, but mm-hmm. part of that is what you're saying is part of that is the Chiefs, after trading Tyreek Hill in the last three drafts, have built and developed, like, naturally. They didn't go out and pay, you know, these big free agents. They naturally developed an elite defense. And, you know, as much as Lamar is going to get, you know, blamed today, part of it is that I think the Chiefs had a defense that were capable of doing that to him. That's an interesting discussion and point you just brought up about the Chiefs and what they've done over the last couple of years. First of all, is it odd that Steve Spagnuolo is never in any kind of conversation for a head coaching job? I understand he was a head coach once, and it went terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? It was bad. He, the St. Louis Rams. He was the coach of the St. Louis Rams a while ago. It was really bad. But I'm actually surprised, Joe. I've not heard his name at all in this hiring cycle after what he's done the last couple of years. You think it's an age thing, maybe? 64 at this point? Like Maybe. Teams might be wondering like how much how if things went perfect, how long would he be the coach type of, you know, thinking maybe? It could be. And especially because we are seeing a trend of boy, these coaches getting hired, Joe, are very young now. We're seeing oh, yeah. guys oh, yeah. many guys in their thirties now getting hired, right? I mean, it's been happening. Yep. I mean, Sean McVay was twenty nine, I think. He's still one of the youngest coaches in the league. He's been there for six, seven years, which is amazing. And this is the trend. So it could very well be. I do find that interesting. But your point about the Chiefs, which they've done it, they no I don't think anybody would deny the Chiefs backbone of their team this year has been their defense, not their offense, right? Now their offense right. played like they did some nice things towards the stretch and in the playoffs at times. But really, they've won with defense. But what's funny is we get a lot, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I I think you could always look at it both ways. But how many times have we taken calls or heard from fans, maybe we've said here even on this show or whatever, whatever show, that, boy, you know, you got to just, it's all about offense. And you, why is waste, why put resources into the defense? Just keeping putting, isn't that what the Chiefs have done? Isn't that why they're here? They literally let their offense fall off in order to invest in and develop on defense, and that's why they're here again. Yeah, no, you're right. Like they, I, they've kind of gone the opposite way of something that I would have said for years, which is, hey, don't worry about your defense so much because once you play Kansas City or the Bengals or a team like that, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. They're just going to get their 30, 35 points. And amazingly, defense is caught up. That's not true anymore about this Chiefs team. They're not just going to go get their 31, 35 points. And they're still here anyway. Like it, right. it just, Of course, the year that they, they took a step back on defense had to be the year that they just found their way into this elite defense. I mean, Sal, in their final nine drives yesterday, they had three points. And they're in the Super Bowl. Like, what the hell? That shouldn't be possible for this Chiefs team, that they get to be in the Super Bowl with three points in their final nine drives. But, 
they've kind of, you know, they've taken part, right? And they've taken part in defenses catching up to offenses. Um, the corners are great, right? Sneed's great. McDuffie's great. Reed's great at safety. Chris Jones is a mauler on that line. You, like, they mm-hmm. they did something that I would have blasted them for two years ago, which was they basically decided we're going to get rid of our elite, historically fast wide receiver that nobody can replicate in the league, his type of skill set, it, it, to, to his degree. Nobody can replicate it. We're going to trade him. We're going to use those picks on defensive players. We're going to use that money to keep Chris Jones around for the time being. And we'll just kind of, you know, pick and choose here with receivers. And we'll spend some second-round picks. And we'll just kind of go that route. And they're still here. They've made back-to-back Super Bowls doing that. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable that they've been able to manage that. You know who it reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of the Patriots thinking through a lot of their run. Yeah. They never went out and invested in wide receiver. I know they got Randy Moss for what a year or two, and it was great. They didn't win a Super Bowl with him, but yes, of course. But their their philosophy generally was they yeah. can kind of put together a receiving core. They'll have a couple Edelman was there for a while, he was great. So I know it's not completely the same. But the Patriots kind of had that philosophy. They were winning with guys like Rache Caldwell, right? I mean, or Deion Branch, right? I mean, like, they were not winning with the elite wide receivers. They basically said, we have Tom Brady. He'll make everyone better. So let's make sure that all the other things around it can be better. Which, by the way, is why we get to where Bill Belichick was after Brady left, which is once you don't have that anymore, you got to concentrate on putting around putting more weapons, and they haven't done that. That's exactly, to me, what the Chiefs are doing. Yeah, you gotta they gotta you gotta pick and choose too. Like when you win, are you going to be somebody that just we gotta keep everybody? We gotta, you know, we gotta keep mm-hmm. the ship together because they deserved it, they earned it. Like the Chiefs have been willing this is kind of a New England thing too, I guess. You don't have to be beholden to pay everybody just because you win. Right? And the Chiefs decided they right. didn't have to pay Tyreek Hill, despite what he meant to that team, despite winning a Super Bowl with them. They didn't feel beholden to pay one of their key players, and they moved on from him, and it's worked. And, you know, maybe there are Patriots examples that go both ways, but one name that comes to mind for me, for them, is Darrell Revis. They had Darrell Revis. He was a first-team All-Pro. They won the Super Bowl, and they decided, now nah, we don't need to pay him. We're going to let him go. And they won more Super Bowls after that. And I think that's, although, like, I don't want to necessarily tie the Bills in for a point on that or any other team because I think that's easier to do when you've won, right? Like, when you've already won, like, because you got to sell that to your fans, you got to sell it to season ticket holders, you got to sell that, you know, to your players as well. I think you can easy, it's easier to get away with, hey, we're going to move on from a core piece player. Like this, we're gonna decide not to pay him. I feel like sometimes that might be easier to do when you have that that ring in your back pocket to kind of get away with it, or like to have that credibility to do it. It's easier to do when you have a great quarterback too. I mean, that's really what it is. And they had Brady. You know what was the mantra for many years? The Patriots know they move on a year too early before it's a year too late. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You can move on a year too early when you have Tom Brady covering up the holes. So the Chiefs, to me, are taking some of that page and some of that philosophy of, you know what? We don't have to just outscore everybody. We can also play some defense because 
our quarterback is really good, and we don't have to not even outscore him. We wouldn't have to put a ton of resources into what we're doing on offense. And also, Joe, how about this? I mean, Rasheed Rice is starting to look a little better. Even the resources they put into the offense and early picks have not panned out that well for them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is nothing right. anymore. Right. They just drafted him as the in, in their first pick a few years ago. Sky Moore has been nothing for them. Mecole Hardman left and came back. He's done nothing for them. He's been a, he was a second round pick. It's wild to me. They have missed on a ton of 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 draft picks, like every team does. This is not a. I'm just going to hammer the Chiefs. I always say this. Yeah. Look at the Bills. The Chiefs. Their draft. It's it's similar around the league. The Chiefs have missed just as much as anybody, especially on some of their offensive picks. They've that. That's what's. That's what more of my frustration too. Like. Right, they, they have hit on all the de- they've hit on all the defensive picks, right? Like they've <laughs> built their de- defense through the draft with McDuffie and Karloftis, and Nick Bolton was a second round pick. Their other safety, um, Brian Cook, was a second round pick. Um, Willie Gay Jr. Like they they've drafted and hit on their defensive picks, but like you just said, they've missed on so many offensive picks that it's even more frustrating that they're still mm-hmm. here. Like how <laughs> it it feels. This will maybe change because the Bills were one play away, right? And they've been one play away a couple times, and bounces can go either way. You can get luck involved in this as well. But there is an element of, for me this morning, man, it's just never going to end, is it? Like, we had this with the Patriots, and it never ended. So all I know in the AFC is, well, one team dominates for two decades. And you'll get other teams that get mixed in there along the way as well, but one team is going to exist there to dominate. Even though the NFC, that hasn't been true. AFC, it has. And they're going to get better. Like, I don't, I don't want to get too bogged down in that. But yesterday, I'm watching that game, shaking my head. Like, they're going to win. And they have all this cap space. You know, like, they have all these advantages. they got to pay Chris Jones and Sneed. So they're not going to have as much cap space as as they have on the If they the do that. Right if now. they do that, by the way. Right, maybe they Chris Jones... And I, but, I, I actually think there is a possibility Kelsey retires. That's true, too. That's right. But I'm shaking my head thinking, like, they, they might be better next year. They very easily could be better. Like, if they want to go pay T. Higgins, they have the money to do it. And I'm shaking my head right. thinking, like, the Bills can't do that. The Dolphins can't do that. The Jets can't do that. The, the Chargers can't do that. There's so many contending teams that don't have that luxury. How the hell are the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and they're the team that has that luxury? Squats to the phone lines right now. Let's take a couple of calls before we get to the bottom of the hour break. CJ in Buffalo starts us off. Hi, CJ. Hey, uh, Sal, Joe. How you guys doing? Hey, um, real Good, quick, thanks. I know you guys, I know Sal spoke on, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like how they drafted and got the defense going and everything and how they picked up. But I think the big thing is we have a defensive-minded head coach and we keep drafting defense, but wouldn't, like he has already showed this year as a, defensive coordinator and a defensive-minded head coach that even if your main pieces aren't there, your scheme and your coaching is so good that you can do well enough for your team to make it far. The Chiefs won Super Bowls in the early years with a a middle-of-the-line defense and all the weapons on offense because they have their quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach. And they already had Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and their offensive-minded head coach, but the Bills keep drafting defense. We don't need the defense. Give pieces to your offensive coordinator. They drafted offense, too. They drafted Dalton coach. Kincaid last year. They drafted James Cook the year before. No, what I mean is, like, earlier, like, early, early, and in, 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 since 2020, we've known Josh Allen can do it. What I'm saying is, earlier, you should have started this, other than drafting Boogie Basham 
and uh, Rousseau, and there's so much to stop in an offensive league when why not score with them? We know you're, you're I know, CJ, but I know, CJ, hold on down. a second. I, what I'm trying to say is, CJ, mm-hmm. hold on one second, okay? I just think you're forgetting or leaving out intentionally or whatever the fact that that's just they have drafted offense. You keep saying these. What about the guys they have drafted? They have done both, you know. But I mean, in a, in, as far as wide receivers, so what my point is, you drafted more. Uh, okay, if you want to say a wide receiver, I agree with you. I haven't done that. They drafted a yeah. tight end in the first round last year. Hold on, they drafted a running back in the second round the year before. They drafted running backs in each of the third rounds the years before that. No, I absolutely agree. My point is to to, to help Josh Allen, and as much as we pass. And you don't want to be this run team. Yeah, Jeremy talks about it. Joe talks about it. We don't want to be stuck in this running world. And I know you've tried to reach within the first three rounds to get more running backs than you have wide receivers. I mean, early round picks. Yes, we got a pass catcher tight end and a pass catching running back. Where are the wide receivers for Josh Allen since 2020 in the first three rounds? That's all I'm asking. Okay, that's a different for. argument. You, you, yes, that's, you, you, right. that's a different argument. You said they only dra- they were only drafted for defense. They weren't. Yes, I agree with you. I think Joe does too. That they that they need more wide receivers. Agreed. Yes. So that yes, maybe yes. that's my point. But I'm just talking in the first in the earlier rounds. Why are we not reaching but, for? I, I don't know. I listen, Go CJ. Ahead, I agree with you wholeheartedly by wide receiver, but I would limit it to that position because yeah, in their in the first two rounds, three of their last four picks are on the offensive side of the football. I wanted one of those to be a wide receiver, but I wouldn't make it about the defense. I would make it about specifically receiver yes. because between Kincaid, Torrance and Cook like th- those are those are three picks that were in the first two rounds. So, you know, we can look at Basham if you want to break him down individually like uh, Nate Geary on the station still can't believe they didn't draft Creed Humphrey there. Like I might agree with him on that, but that's 3 years ago now. So if you want to make a point about it being earlier, that's fine, but they have started to shift here because again, two second-round picks and a first-round pick in the last two years that they have thrown to the offensive side of the football. Just I would make it more about receivers specifically if you're trying to make this point. And, well, and, and to point CJ's up. point, and it, which you're right, if you look at the Chiefs, they have drafted they drafted a receiver in the second round last year, Rice. The year before that, Sky Moore in the second round. Uh, fifth round they had the year before that, and then there was running back. But they have drafted a couple receivers. They haven't hit. Rice might be pretty good. Sky Moore hasn't. But, yeah, they've right. drafted a couple early on. Yes, they have. It's just it's kind of frustrating that one. It, there's a competition thing. One, you maybe maybe it's just me being biased on looking back, saying our cap is getting to the point where our right. team is getting older. You don't have a young receiving core, and you're you're getting hit on a cap with a Von Miller and bigger names. That's all I'm saying. I know it's, it can be injuries and looking yeah. back now, but at the same time, it's we we need to get youthful. The only positive I can say right now is. We don't need anything on offense but right receivers because I think the offensive line <laughs> I is agree good. With you. you got awesome yes, tight ends, right. yeah. an awesome quarterback, uh, offensive coordinator that had Jamar Chase and Jefferson and Burrow, and all you need is wide receivers. And we got ten picks. If I'm not yep. if I'm not wrong, I believe it's ten picks. But they 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 down. they will have ten, maybe nine when it's all washed. But yeah, I have to look at it. CJ, we got to run. Thank you for it's it's a good thought. I think we're all on the same page if you just say wide receiver instead of offense defense. You know what I mean, buddy? Agree, but hey, have a good day, guys. All right, you got it. Yeah, I think that's where that comes from there. Hey, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll debate more of this. We'll talk about this. You can give us a call, 803-0550, 803-0550.
888-552-5050. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Jody Biasi. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The Extra Point Show on a Monday. Here's Kansas City from the 19, throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. Travis Kelsey, he's had a really, really great postseason. I know you don't love hearing that and seeing it, but it is true. He's had a great postseason. He passed Jerry Rice for um, some postseason, all-time postseason catches, right, Joe, I think it was? Past Jerry Rice, he needs seven come into the game. Yeah, most ever, and he did it in like seven fewer games or something (laughs) than Jerry Rice. It's amazing. really is. All right, we're going to get connected with our fans here. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Craig in North Tonawanda is up next. Hi, Craig. You're on the Extra Point Show. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. I think it's fair to say that this might be – the most important draft in the Bean McDermott era. You know, we definitely got to get Josh some more weapons. We got to rebuild the defensive line. You know, starting safety is a point of concern, too. I know they're going to have 10 draft picks likely going into the draft. My question is for some pieces that might not be as essential anymore, like kind of like a Dawson Knox or a Kyir Elam, do you think uh, it's possible the front office might move on from these guys for extra draft capital? before the draft and so what do you know if you're in bean shoes what would you try to get for them elam and who was the other one uh dawson Dawson knox you know i don't know that they would fetch the value that would make it worth it like elam at this point i don't know what you're getting a late round pick um i don't know how different you think that's going to do for your roster and Knox I I I thought about the idea of trading him when the season ended but I don't know Brandon Bean sounded to me like that guy's on the team next year I think you can't trade Dawson Knox with this contract you can't you're taking an 11.7 million dollar dead cap hit and you're only saving two million dollars right so at that point it's what are you getting do you think a third round pick if you get that at another position 
plus $2 million is more valuable than Dawson Knox? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, depends what the position is, I guess. I mean, yeah. Um, so, Craig, there's not, they can't, they basically can't trade Dawson Knox. He's got an 11, he, he'd be an $11 million cap hit plus the, yeah. this year. They're, they're hardly saving anything. And, I mean, he's still a good player, even though you, I understand what you're saying with Dalton Kincaid, but, you know, you, you, you want to have, you know, ability to, to have, if guys get injured and things like that. Um, so I think that's off the table. Plus, the Bills sounded very much like they're not interested in anything like that the way they talked at the end of the season. I would, I would think that we're going to have a conversation, Joe and Craig, about Kyrie Elam throughout this offseason. I do think that. He's going into his third year. He really can't get on the field. I know you really like him, Joe, and the things mm-hmm. that he brings, but I do think that is an appealing contract you can move to another team who maybe and, – and you know what else being said, and I think this is interesting – he said they feel they have depth at cornerback. So I just think that's something we're going to be talking about quite a bit. So that position, it, he, he's part of that depth. You know, if they were to move him, then you really have to wonder where Tredavious White's at and whether Tredavious White is willing to take a pay cut. On Elam, if they moved Elam in a trade, that would basically save, you know, mo- not everything, right? Yeah, that would. St- oh no, sorry, no, it wouldn't save anything. Um, if they traded him pre June first, the dead cap is basically the same as the cap hit. So then it comes down to is the pick because the, if the money's all if the money's all equal, whether you cut him or not, uh, or trade him or not, are you getting more from the player that you're getting from the draft pick than you're getting from Kyrie Elam? And maybe the answer to that's yes. I don't think you're getting much for him though. And I have I do always like the player. I just don't think he's the right fit with his skill set for this defense. He is a very, mm-hmm. we saw it in the Steeler game, he's a boomer bust type of corner. Like, to me, in Dallas, Kyrie Elam would be great. Deron Bland is a boomer bust corner. Tredavious, mm-hmm. uh, or Trayvon Diggs, same thing. Where, like, those guys get burned all the time, but they have a million pick sixes and interceptions because that's the style of defense Dan Quinn plays. Sean McDermott asks a lot different of his cornerbacks. And I think that's a yeah. big reason why it might just never work here between Elam and McDermott. But I don't know that you'd want to do that when you don't know about Tredavious White's health and Dane Jackson's a free agent. I would never, I, as much as I like Elam, I like Benford a ton and I love Douglas. I would never start him over either one of those two. For me, it's about, is, do you trust Kyrie Elam enough to be your number three cornerback if Tredavious White's not ready to go? And for me, that's a yes, but I I'd still, of course, would have wonders about whether the team sees him that way. You like him more than Dane Jackson? Um, I do, yes. I mean, it's close okay. enough for me where, like, when Jackson was in over him, I didn't really bat much of an eye. But, yeah, I wouldn't prioritize It's nice to have them both. I, I, I like Jackson, too. He is a free agent, again, Dane Jackson. I don't think you'd have to spend a ton to re- retain him. Could be yeah. a Levi Wallace situation where someone offers him a you know halfway decent contract, not a ton, mm-hmm. but you just can't find the money. Could be something like that. I, he, if you look, spot track, Mike Gennetti has, if you trade Elam before June 1st, yeah. it's a cap hit of $3.6 million, dead cap. I don't think the Bills would be interested in that. This is one of those situations, Joe, where to me, you see how the offseason plays out. You go through OTAs. You go through minicamp. I don't think the Bills want to divest themselves of their first-round pick from just two years ago without at least thoroughly vetting what he is this offseason, knowing where they stand, and then going into training camp and saying, okay, now if something comes across – 
and he's not going to get on the field, we can trade him with a much more minimal uh, dead cap hit. It's a post-June 1 trade. You'd be taking on less than $2 million dead cap the next two years. Yeah. And then and then maybe you get something the following year. The problem with that type of scenario is you don't get the return right now for this draft. And as Craig pointed out, it's a very important draft. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I might predict that he's not moved. It would not stun me. It would not surprise me right. at all. Um, there were some comments made by Bean, too, right? And even Elam after the season about how the injury might have impacted him more than others. And listen, like they've, you know, you can roll your eyes at that. And I'm one to do that too. When, you know, injuries get made an excuse for a player's whole season. But sometimes like, look at Spencer Brown, right? Like I rolled my eyes at the idea that Spencer Brown was not good last year just because of a back injury that he had in camp. But the Bills said that that was the reason why he had a up and down year. And then this year he was healthy and was a lot better. So you know, maybe they're right about Elam. Maybe the foot injury was more than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I will always point to, you know, some of his advanced numbers that show that he's really only had one bad game, one really, truly bad game of the games he started. He was horrible against Jacksonville. No doubt. He got smoked by Calvin Ridley play after play. But the rest of his career... You know, there there are uh, there are, here, again, it's the type of corner he is, boomer bust. He makes some bad plays, but there are enough splash plays that he makes to offset that to where the numbers show that he's actually not pretty good at the end of the day. So, I don't need to put him on the field. I don't even need him over Dane Jackson. If they think maybe there's a struggling first-round pick on another team, Sal, at a different position where they go, we'll trade you our struggling first-round pick for your struggling first-round pick. I don't know how the money would work (laughs) there, but I wouldn't be stunned if a deal like that happened. It's a football trade. We talk about hockey trades, right? That's a football trade. That's Kelvin Shepard for Jerry Hughes, by the way. Yeah. Who Kelvin Shepard, I believe, I saw on my TV last night, he is an assistant coach for the Lions. Good for Kelvin Shepard. He's made a career out of football, even though it didn't work out on the field. He's an assistant coach for the Lions, so good for him. Yeah, that would be a uh, the classic football trade. Joel, up in New Hampshire. What's up, Joel? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, um, I was watching the game yesterday, and... (laughs) You know, I, I don't know. I didn't watch Baltimore much this year. But I'll tell you, you know, I was at the Chiefs game, drove out, um, you know, what had a good time with the Mafia and everything. But this offense of ours, we're pretty good. I mean, we were two, like two plays away and a missed kick from keeping that game as close as can be. I mean, winnable against his vaunted, you know, KC defense. So when you're talking draft, I could see, like, if we hit, and there's plenty of receivers, we hit on one more receiver, I think this draft might be in the later rounds with all these draft picks showing up the linebackers, corners, and because pretty much everybody on offense is coming back next year, right? I think this Ty Johnson we picked up from the Jets was an excellent pickup. Very, you know, like a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Cook's dropping that pass. Yeah, I mean, you got to work on that. I mean, that was huge. That drop pass, he walks into the end zone. That changes. Yeah, but the he, they scored two plays later anyway, Joel. Joel, they scored anyway. No, I know, I know, I know, but I know, but it's just like the fact that he dropped that pass again. I got it. I mean, it, it, it seems. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. I'm not dissing him. Yeah. I'm not dissing him. But I am not that. Well, look, here's here's your point, Joel, because I want to I want to get another call. And I want to say to your point, though, if I can, you're talking about the offense. Yes, pretty much you're right. The offense is coming back. In fact, so I have a chart that I have that people can look. Um, at my Twitter at Sal Sports, and if you look at the, I, I highlight in blue the um, pending free agents. Definitely more on the offensive side. 
I mean, you do have Ty Johnson is a free agent, but, you know, maybe they can get him back. Davis and Sherfield, and then David Edwards. That's it. Like, Kyle Allen, Damian Harris, but, yeah, Kyle Allen's a free agent, backup quarterback. But you're really only looking at one, two, I mean, really two, three guys who were any kind of contributors on offense, and then on defense, a whole bunch of them, Steve. So I think you're right that, I mean, um, Craig, I think you're right that they're going to have to probably, you know, shore that up. Real quick, let's get to Steve in Pennsylvania before the break. Go ahead, Steve. Hi guys, go go Bills. I think uh, the the evaluation on the uh, draft has been good. That they've done a good job overall, like you said, that they've done as well as any team. I think that they have misevaluated a lot of the pro picks, the their free agents, the the Hardys, the Sherfields, because you look at the cornerstone of what where the Bills have been over the last five six years. It's Poyer. It's it's uh, Micah, it is Morse, uh, but they've misevaluated the pro scouting. What do you think? Hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. I think it's tough. I think that the thing you're dealing with, Steve, you, you, you mostly in free agency because they've had a, they've been up against the cap. You can't spend a ton of money. So you're getting guys who aren't, aren't getting a lot of interest and, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's a little tougher, though, given those constraints. You know what I mean? Well, certainly the dollar, you know, you're not going to be able to, to get the Von Miller every time, but it's evaluating and finding, like, the Poyer and the Micah and yep. uh, guys like that that were good, but trying to find that great value where well, that, yeah. that they've not done very well in the last few years. You know, some yes and no. So, you know, this is probably with most things. Some of that, though, is started by missed picks. I think the Bills are like most teams. They have missed picks. And I think there's enough. There's actually, I think ESPN did this, like, last offseason, where they actually, like, looked into, like, how often teams are hitting. And the Bills were, like, in the top ten. So they, they weren't the best team in the league at drafting, but they were fine. And that was before, like, Terrell Bernard, you know, took a step in Brown. So... I think some of the, this, though, can start with draft misses. And then your pro scouting can make up for that. Like... Or the other way, like why does why do they pay Von Miller a hundred million dollars? It's because, well, we drafted Epinesa and he's not looking as good as we maybe hoped, and Rousseau was okay year one, but not what we really wanted. Like elite franchise pass rusher, Basham too. Like they got to Von because they had taken swings before at that position, and they hadn't found their way to a number one guy. But that can and that hasn't gone great, but it can go well. I mean, they missed on Kyrie Elam. They would have never asked their pro scouting department to evaluate Rasul Douglas for them had Kyrie Elam been a great player, but they missed on the pick, and then when they got to White's injury and said, well, we need a corner, and I'm thinking that's a good example of them doing a good job of finding Rasul Douglas, getting him on a third-round pick, and then he steps in and is playing at an all-pro level the second half of the year. Well, you could take it even player by player, position by position, which is he brings up, Steve, you bring up, Sherfield and Hardy, and that's fine, and you're not wrong. I could also say, but they got value out of Connor McGovern this year, I would say. They got value out of Daquan Jones as a free agent. You can go back to when they didn't get it out of Mario Addison, right? And those guys, Quentin Jefferson, right, Joe? Remember those those defensive linemen they yep. were rotating in and out? I mean, you could definitely. So I, I think it is, yes, you have to look at kind of the all everything in totality. Um, you know, and, and yes, you have some misses there. You have some hits, but you're right, Joe, you... If you hit on the draft, if you if AJ Epinesa becomes what you thought he might be early in his career, if Greg Rousseau, 
I mean, he's been a nice player. Maybe you don't have to find your way to Von Miller and spend all that money, and then that eats up a lot of your cap to go out and get some of these lower-level guys. So I do think it's kind of a, a little bit of both. But, Steve, it's a good point. I, I understand where you're coming from. I do think they've hit on a few, but they've also obviously have some misses, which puts them in this situation. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Oh, by the way, remember when we talked about how the Patriots kind of got, hey, we, we, we have Tom Brady, and how the Chiefs are doing the same thing. Hey, we have Patrick Mahomes. I'll tell you another mm, group that's doing the same thing, but I think it could very well backfire for them. After this on WGR. Stat of the day brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. Stat of the day, courtesy of Patrick Mahomes, who is incredible and amazingly at age 28, is already with the win yesterday, now third all-time in playoff wins by a quarterback, and he's only 28 years old. It's your stat of the day. It's not a fun stat, but it's unbelievable. He's got as many playoff wins as Peyton Manning, and he's only 28. More than I, Roethlisberger I, I, and all those guys. I think he might catch Brady. I really do. Brady, Brady's at 35. He's at 14. No, I mean for Super Bowl. Oh, right. for Super Bowls, right. Duh. Um, that's a lot. He needs seven. I know. He's at the same... I think he might catch him. Yeah, this is... Uh, it was Brady's fourth year, right? There where he won three? He won his third? He won, well, his second year, he won his first Super Bowl. And he won three and four years then. So he won one in his second, his third, and his fifth year. Okay. So. But he yeah. didn't win one again for a while then, you know? Yep. And so, I mean, you'll he'll have about, was this Mahomes' eighth year? It went, yeah. They'll have to look back. They'll, have, they'll both have three in the same time span, I think. I think so. It looks like age 28 is when Brady won his third. And this would be the uh-huh. third for Mahomes at 28. And then <laughs> Brady went seven years. Yes. Bef- or eight years even. Actually, no, was it 10? I think it might have been 10 that he went between Super Bowls. Because he lost to the Giants mm-hmm. twice. Um, so Mahomes has a lot of time to make up the ground in the middle. He's going to have yes. to do it in the middle, though, because you can't really count on, I think, playing till 45. So, Speaking of Brady, very quickly before we get to the top of the hour, Chris Emma is going to join us from uh, Chicago, our Odyssey sister station. Fox is doing basically what Belichick did and with Brady, which is, hey, we got Brady. Everything else take care of itself. Apparently, I mean, we don't know this for sure yet. It's been speculated. Brady's going to take over for Greg Olson, which sucks because Greg Olson's really good. Sucks for Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. But Fox is just banking on, eh, he's Brady. Eh, it doesn't matter. We're going to pay him, and he's Brady, and people are going to watch. And to some level, that's true, Joe, I guess. But... I just think that it's the wrong move from a, I don't know, maybe, I shouldn't say that. Maybe Brady will be amazing. I think Greg Olson is really good at what he does, though. Really good. I, I think agree. Greg Olson's better than Tony Romo. I agree with that. I I totally agree with that. Um, I wonder, I don't, I personally don't think Brady will ever do it. Like, I think it might have just been a flex my muscles. Let me show everybody what, what I could have gotten. 
you know, money-wise. He's supposed wise. to earn $375 million for 10 years. You don't think he will do it? I don't I just I still don't see it. I don't know like I I don't want to say how much money does he need, but he's got enough other business ventures that like I don't, you know, he's making enough money doing other things that would he want to be traveling around week to week during the NFL season doing that? Maybe he is that, you know, obsessed with football that he would. Um I I hope not though because my gut says he's not going to be that great at it and I don't think mm-hmm. you can I think Olsen's it's tough to be better than Olsen is, right? Olsen is with the times, and he is good at explaining yep. things, and he's close enough to the game still where, you know, I feel like I learned something from him about whatever it is, coverage stuff yesterday he was talking about. So I like, yeah, I like Olsen a lot, and I would really hope that they don't they don't replace him with Brady. Who would be better on television? Brady as a color analyst during games or Belichick on the desk? Belichick. I I think Bel- I think so too. I think Belichick would be good in the desk, like really yep. good. Did you see the re- the re- it's not a report? Did you see the thing about him from the weekend? That yes, about TV. That Pat McAfee thinks he can get him. Oh wow, Pat oh, I Mac- didn't see that. And like Pat McAfee has Chuck Pagano on his show. I don't know if he would replace mm. Chuck Pagano, who used to be his head right. coach, who just like he hangs out every day, like he's a part of the show every day. I, that's kind of how it sounded to me that McAfee wants Belichick as like a daily contributor to that show, which would be very strange. We will take a timeout. Chris Emma from The Score, our Odyssey sister station in Chicago, joins us. Eric Washington moving over to the Bears. Also, they have the number one pick and Justin Fields. What are they going to do as the offseason begins for many teams around the league, except for two, I guess, after this on WGR? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.